Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Far Out Wisdom Podcast. I hope that you're having a wonderful day. In this episode, Isaac J. Miller from The Daily Archetype and I dive into the article by Alexander Blum called Young and the Trump in Shadow. When we den- deny the existence of our shadow, we will end up projecting it out onto the world. Remember, all of us have opposites within us. Masculine, feminine, night and day, happy, sad. Radicals ex- and extremists are a symptom of those archetypes. Before I let you guys go, I would like to introduce our sponsor of the Far Out Wisdom podcast. Rebecca Igen, an astrologer for 25 plus years, specialized in relationships. From everyday decisions to critical life-altering moments, Rebecca shares your practical wisdom and guidance for your life's journey in becoming who you're meant to be. Using Jungian psychology, Rebecca guides you to see the potential that hides your hidden self, your shadow. Sign up now for the Shadow Work and 7th House webinar or have a private consultation and find out how the universe has always had your back. You just didn't know it. To receive a consultation from Ms. Igen, please visit her her website at shadowdance.com and once again shadowdance.com i will link all her information down below and please donate to file to support this podcast and make sure to visit the sponsor of the far wisdom podcast as always guys stay far out Isaac and I were talking about gangbangings. <laughs> that's, that's how you want to start it? Oh, it's wild. It's recording. <laughs> so okay. We were, so, uh, uh, we were uh, talking about uh, my trip to Nevada. You got gangbanged in Nevada? I guess if you're going to do it, that's the place to do it. <laughs> we were talking about my trip in Nevada. And uh, I was feeling like, um, and so the place that I visit, um, if you guys, yeah, probably you guys know already. I'm talking to the audience. You guys probably know that. I'm getting the fuck out of California. So Isaac's going to stay. I don't know why. Oh, I I, I didn't say that. I, I just haven't m- made my plan for escape yet. Well, just, we'll, we'll just see. I'm keeping it open for right now. Just letting you know, like the first person that they're going to go after, if the, if California falls to the ground, it's you. Okay? Yeah, I, I believe yeah. that. <laughs> I talk shit about California constantly. <laughs> you can see Isaac like against the wall. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> But like, anyways, I went to I went to uh, Tonopah, Nevada, and it's pretty. What's much like that a small word, Nevada? Tonopah. Tonopah. Okay, great. <laughs> what do you think? I I, I decode like some Asian. <laughs> no, I don't know. That's just a strange sounding name. It's like is that is that a Native American thing or something? No, it's like with, with, with Tonopah. I think it's like um. <clears throat> sorry, we're I'm we're, I'm just coughing, but I'm gonna explain why I've been coughing. But yeah, like, everybody um, is wondering. Everyone's <laughs> at the ed- edge of their seat with this with this gangbang story. So, like, we were in Tonopah, Nevada, and and so it's you hear a lot of about Tonopah in the um, 
Nobody hears Joe about Tone of No, no, no. The Joe Rogan podcast. If if everybody's uh-huh. a fan of, of Joe Rogan, so he had on a guest where they, they mm. talk about UF, UFO, mm. and so Tone of is like the the middle ground of UFO uh, mm. spotting. So I'm gonna be living there uh, uh, to be with close to family, but um, the we alien were family. There. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> that's where I belong. I mean, probably like an SJW is gonna hear this. Like, are you saying that she's an alien, Isaac? <laughs> yeah. Like, just because brown people want to live close to aliens doesn't mean that they are aliens. Like, people are pe- – aliens are people, too. So, they're from another planet. Like, they have just as much right to be here as anybody else now. Give them some welfare and free health care right away. And some For your information. For your information. Aliens, no matter how hell their intelligence is, they need free education immediately. <laughs> and so <clears> – <throat> Uh, all the um, I, I came back and I started to feel kind of sick a little bit. Um, so in in Nevada, it's kind of it's it's red, but it's not deep state red. Does that make sense? What? Like it's not like you know what I'm saying? Like red as in Republican. That's what I mean. I know, but yeah, uh, it's not deep state red. The, the, you know what I mean? Vocabulary is all confusing because deep state means like the uh, oh, Illuminati mean, cor- yeah. corruption people. I know what you mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. That's not what I mean. I, I'm not saying that Nevada has a bunch of hookers casinos that what? deep state operate. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But anyways, it's like it's, anyway. it's pretty like kind of chill because of the fact that they like I think prostitution is legal. And I believe like the casino and stuff is, is legal. So that's where majority of. Well, yeah, know, it's statewide. Yeah, statewide. So, anyways, I, I, I'm not saying that I caught COVID at a hooker bar. That's not what I'm saying. But <laughs> I think something I about back, getting gangbang, though. Like, like I was getting. I, okay, so I came back and I started to kind of uh, get a lot of um, like stomach aches, and I started to get like kind of bloated, and then I had like a sore throat. <laughs> right? What? He's laughing at my COVID story. <laughs> wow. No, like I felt really sick, dude. And so this is where we were talking about the gangbang. Like COVID feels like that. It feels like um So that's where the gangbang came in, folks. <laughs> she said having COVID feels like getting on gangbang. And I said, Well, I don't have any gangbang experience, so I don't know what how that compares. <clears throat> it feels like let me explain it. Are you it explaining COVID like or explaining COVID. how it feels to get gangbang? Because <laughs> again, I've never done that yet. <laughs> He said yet because there's hope. Yeah, if I go to Nevada, where it's it's but, legal, where it's legal, but um, well, anyways, and I, you, I, if, and it feels I can, like, and I can pay to get it legally done, <laughs> legally pay to get it done. So, so, so it feels like, and this is where I make the analogy. I always make analogy of like fucking sexual stuff because it, people relate. But it feels like oh, yeah. the cold and flu, like you're getting your ass kicked with the cold and flu for like three fucking days straight. And of course, <clears throat> afterwards, it inflames your lungs and stuff like that. So um, I called my doctor and I said to him, I said, you know, I, I think I-, I caught COVID because I'm-, I'm showing the symptoms. And you know what he said to me? He said, what? he said, because, um, you know, like on the news, the-, the lamestream media, they always say, oh, well, if you caught COVID, oh, my God, the world's going to fucking end. Oh, my God, you're going to see Jesus in like three fucking days. Right. Mm. So but literally he said. Okay, well, if you if you feel like you have the symptoms, because with the test kits, you have to like make an appointment. It's really mm. like it's not really expensive. I'm not really sure how that works, but they choose who to test. You know, does that make sense? Like they choose yeah. who to test, you like to save the kit, like the resources and stuff. Mm. So I totally understand. But okay. like, um, he he said, you know, I I my test kit is, a, is limited. 
um, mm-hmm. but if you, um, I don't want to send you to, you know, outside when you're not supposed to be outside if you caught COVID. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> and I said, okay. So he's, he told me he was like vitamin D, vitamin C, uh, a lot of rest, liquids, and um, liquids mean water. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, <clears throat> stress-free. He go, don't push yourself. And uh, he said that my body's going to be inflamed like right afterwards. Okay. Yeah, so it, it does makes- sound like a gangbang now, actually. <laughs> you get lots of D, lots of C, and lots of uh, liquids and inflaming when you're done. Lots of E in me. Wow. Okay. Everyone, all together now. Okay. Now I get the analogy. Thanks for straightening that out. And that's what it feels like. I mean, but see, the thing is, like, it's like, uh, so. Today we're going to be talking about Young and the Trump and Shadow, and you're going to see you're going to see the correlation what we're trying to do. It's, it's pretty much like the Tarantula episode, but this time we're mm. going to be, be talking in Jungian um, archetype, and that is the Shadow. Right? Is mm. it the Shadow archetype? I might be wrong. Correct me. Uh, yes, that and that's what the the article mentioned is the the Trumpian Shadow, which I don't know how that this article writer came up with that word Trumpian, but I guess he's just saying. The shadow from Trump. But by, by the way, it's it's important to notice this article is from October 2017, which is fine, but it's just not like a, a recent Trumpian shadow thing. So yeah, anyway. it's a, it's really um, it's from Quillette. Mm. Uh, we're we're gonna uh, both link that below. Mm. But um, sorry, just. I was laughing so hard that I had to shoot myself. <laughs> Anyways, um, this article we're talking about, it's, it's Young and the Trumpet Shadow. Mm. And with COVID and everything that's going on at the mm. moment, it's really kind of, you start to see like a bad side of people. Right. Uh, especially with social media. It makes everything very um, oh, yeah. polluted. And I think you talk about this with the archive, the guys in the archive, where you, you brought that mm. up. Where You know, Isaac is not a political guy. If you guys are friends with him on Facebook, you, mm. you'll, you'll see that he, that's not really his, his, what's that word? Schlick. Shtick. <laughs> shtick. You yeah. know, his shtick. That's not really his thing because he's into the young and, and, and stuff. And so with the recent election that happened, I think maybe possibly uh, with the election, with the results, it kind of just like, um, unbelievable. Yeah. Although right. we still and, don't know what the results were and we probably never will. Uh, yeah, we, we, we probably well, never will. Because, like, okay, in 2000, it was a little bit different because it was more of a recount issue than a fraud issue. Uh, you know, they just had some – they had issues with, like, uh, if they thought the, the ballots were counted properly because – and for those who don't remember or know because they were younger, the, a lot of the ballots in Florida that kind of decided the 2000 election between uh, George – W. Bush and uh, Al Gore was that they were doing these ballots where you like press to to vote to select your option. You like like poke out a hole or something like that. Yeah. And so then the big thing was called dimpled chads. And so in other words, they they were they weren't sure if some of them were counted properly because. Uh, some of them were questionable, like if they selected option one, option two, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but what they were, what they did is, and it took them like I don't know, a couple weeks, maybe two or three weeks, or I don't know how. Maybe it was like only a few days to do the recount properly, and then some other 
legal battles and this and that. <clears throat> but what that they did was by the end of that, everybody was on the same page. Like, okay, cool. Uh, it was a close race and maybe Al Gore made up a couple votes here and there, whatever, but didn't change the result. But now this time it's like, I, I just don't get the concept that when we vote, if there's fraud questioning to it for any reason, then we're basically, yeah. well, no, but we're, we were basically just told to shut up yep. where it's like, it should be like, Oh, there's some questionableness for any reason. Let's do an investigation. It's 2020 where we should be prepared for that. And we should have all the resources ready, whether that takes a few days or a few weeks, we'll get it done before inauguration day. So let's resolve any and all question marks. But now it's just like, shut the F up. Screw you. Uh, you can't question it. And so whatever happens, whether, you know, on January 6th or January 20th and whatever else, mm -hmm. there's going to be these question marks forever. I mean, and it'll drag on through court forever, which and what that will do, by the way, to sort of link it to today's topic, not of uh, gangbanging, but of uh, <laughs> the Trumpian shadow. Uh, what What that'll do is it will ignite the divide much much more because you know and a lot of people keep like recalling back to how things were in uh you know the the last four years with all the like russian collusion russian collusion impeachment impeachment but this will be like magnified times a hundred and like all, all that russian collusion stuff like nobody really cared because they never came up with any evidence or anything other than hearsay and people having they their found feelings. nothing by the way guys they found absolutely nothing yeah and with, with this with this one we found like endless <laughs> endless amounts of evidence from and not just evidence and i know we've talked about this a bit uh on ours and also ones that you did uh, with mccall and everything that gave uh, mm -hmm. pretty good details but not just evidence but we know for an absolute fact that the laws that were adjusted so that certain states could have mail mail out ballots, so to speak, mm -hmm. was on was illegally done, or just kind of like look the other way on the constitution, and so it was like it, it was like they prepared for it. Yeah, and, that, e yeah. and even <laughs> even before COVID, like they yep. they made they made these adjustments to their mail out ballot rules at least in Pennsylvania back in like October of uh, 2019 mm -hmm. and, but they never bothered to do it the way that's constitutional for their state. So mm -hmm. it's not even like, Hmm, I wonder if there is some of these questionable things. It's like, we know for sure. And we could do the investigations to say, okay, look, there was this and this and this uh, questionable things up to this level. And so whether the uh, Supreme Court or the and although Mike and I don't think it's a conspiracy theory. I think it's a fact. The reason it's not looked at, looked into enough is because of what is potentially going to be happening this month with January 6th and between January 6th and January 20th, where uh, they can potentially make the election results go a lot of different directions based on just the fact that it's contested. So in other words, if they said, 
oh, sure, uh, let's investigate that. Then it's more solidified that it's contested. So it's more solidified that they would be able to say, okay, this is contested. So it needs to be decided not by the Electoral College per se, but by the House of Representatives. And the thing with the House of Representatives deciding, it's not the House of Representatives majority, it's the majority of the House of Representatives states in this case, which is always GOP. So Mm -hmm. that's why that's going on. And, And again, this is on topic because this over this month and then over the next years will just more and more and more and more bring out that divide. Although (sighs) the only thing that will make it not divisive is people that are just gonna be like, I'm so fucking tired of hearing this. (laughs) Do do the fuck you want. This is, this is so old guys. Seriously, man. I'm like, I'm getting tired of it too. Like, um, I, I think like a lot of, and just like I said many times before and, uh, we said it over and over again. I mean, Isaac, mm. we said over and over again that we're not um, radicals. If you guys yeah. listen to the conversation that we had, we're not. We're like, we're like the Obama era leftists, if if that mm. makes sense. Not not necessarily like Obama ish, but we were like the liberals. Like we make fun of everybody. We, we have a sense of humor. We, we we were not. We were against political correctness. Well, we we, we hate we, uh, we hate all politicians approximately exactly. equally because yes. they, they they all screw things up. Exactly. I mean, some and, a little more, a little less than others, but yeah. they they all need to be fired. Yeah, and, and and just like the other day, I told I said that Mitch McConnell looks like a fucking unerectic penis. You know, like <laughs> I say these things, okay, because I don't agree with having these political figures making you know like our livelihood is in the hands of these corrupt politicians and it doesn't and they, matter and if they you... keep putting putting out these um what they call omnibus bills which just yeah. should be completely illegal it's it's like it's like something you know in like as a child that that is completely shifty and deceptive that it's like okay let's make an agreement on uh who pays for lunch? Okay, Bob will pay for lunch. And in the agreement that Bob will pay for lunch, it's also the the, the agreement that he's going to like take Bob's dog and uh, that he's going to take his car and his uh, wife and everything else. Because that's basically what they do when they're like, oh, we're going to make this bill to give people $600. Okay. And we're also going to send a trillion dollars to all these other countries for whatever mm-hmm. random reasons. And we're going to put in what is that uh like criminalize sharing things on the internet up to thirty thousand dollars and life in prison or not life in prison but years in prison for violating copyright even just on sharing something on like um zoom calls we're in a pandemic right now that's not the thing that we should be concerned about you you know what i mean that that should be done Separately, Before, like yeah, that, if that they want to talk separate. about those kind of bills, like sure, intellectual property needs to be protected, this and that. Maybe that needs to be discussed and talked about. But to just like slip it into a uh, pandemic relief bill is complete. Mm-hmm. Like anyone, it's common sense, shifty shadow. Fuck you. We don't give a shit about you, citizenship. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so uh, this article we were supposed to talk about for like quite some time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just like it it started the whole thing. So Mm -hmm. we have a mutual friend, Connor Durting from the archive, yeah, (laughs) from the archive. Uh And he was um, the thing with Connor is like like they they released an episode talking about like social media. Okay, and uh, 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take jabs, okay? Mm. Those those two little adorable pigeons. But what I'm saying <laughs> is that okay. these guys are not they're not feisty. They're all full of love. Hey, mm-hmm. they practice what they preach. Okay, so yeah, they're the sweet other... young gentlemen, <laughs> full of chocolate and flowing. Uh, yes, they're uh, c- civilized young men. Maybe that's how I should put it. They're so <laughs> civilized, especially in their in their armchairs. <laughs> We're not so civilized civil. at all. We're not, we're, not maybe, maybe that's why they're not recording with us tonight. <laughs> we're not civilized that far. You just, know, kidding. And, and, just kidding. Just kidding. Just letting know. you guys know. So, so they're just know busy that. guys with their families and stuff. So, so we are, we, we're four people and we mm-hmm. have our own, our, if anybody doesn't know, you just came across my, my podcast. The Archive and the Daily Archetype and the Far Wisdom Podcast, we all have been working together for almost a year now. Yeah, we're so friends. We're, we're That's when friends. we can talk we're a little friends. shit, but it's in good, we're, we're, good, we're good love friends. And, and faith. So we're we're on each other's podcast. So, anyways, Connor Durting was talking about um, his experience on social media. That a lot of people, even if he tried to make a, a conversation that is not political, people always make it about politics. Yeah, that's ideological possession. Exactly. So, which goes into the topic of this. But go ahead. Yeah. So there was a guy. I'm sorry. Let me let me change the identity. There was a they, <laughs> <laughs> an, an, an individual. There was a they. There Anyways, was a they. So so Con- okay. So the thing with Connor is that I admire about him, especially you too, Isaac. You, you are really good with your words. It's not. It, you guys are not um, mm. uh, pretentious. You guys are not um, condescending. Phonies. You guys are not phonies, or you guys are not. You guys uh, practice intellectual integrity. So anyways, this, this guy was just like attacking Connor, like just going. And so well, he, he, he is he is leading the patriarchy by being a heterosexual <laughs> cisgender white male. But yeah, and so anyway. like he was a, a pretty much like if if you guys have a chance, you can friend Connor. He's really easy. His his profile is like really open to the world. Oh, yeah. And so I'm, I'm looking at this this discussion. And like this person was like, you think like a typical white male for your age. <laughs> What does that even mean? Like that that really kind of blew me kind of mm. off guard. So we know why. So, well, we don't know why. Isaac and I don't have the answer. We're not telling you for, for anything what? like that. For so basically I I honestly believe that the reason why they don't like Trump is what we're going to be talking mm, about today. Yeah. It's the Trumpian shadow. Right, right, right. So we are uh reading an article from mm. Quillette, a uh, great magazine by the way. And this and and the the article was published. Have to remember, it's October second, two thousand seventeen. So this was about like a year into. No, I'm sorry. The first what six months mm, of the first of the first yeah. term of Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so We're almost uh, into the second term. So it's basically the uh, young. That's pretty much the article. Young and the Trumpian shadow, and it's by Alexander Blum. I heard about him a couple of times. So, mm. uh. Carl Jung was done by a, di- a disservice by the sanitized spirituality of the New Age movement. Mm. Uh, Jung and archetypes were shoved into the same bucket as the zodiac, astrology, and healing crystals lost in the blur of wishful thinking that had captured late 1960s and 70s and its desire to create a better society out of love and mercy alone. But the mm. short-lived optimism of the sexual revolution and the hippie movement meant it met its demise in the 1980s. This is when Reagan came into power in the United States of America. And this is the year that me and Isaac, I mean, the decade that me and Isaac was born, by the way. What's up? <laughs> Little babies being born in the 80s. Yeah, crack babies. <laughs> when, the, <laughs> when the Reagan administration saw the rebels 
uh, re rebels hang up their flowers in a set of don suits uh, taken to Madi Madison Avenue and extinguishing the flame of creative uh, renaissance the, that wanted so badly to break free from the Cold War West. Okay. And uh, perhaps there's some parallel here with the Obama years. And this, the Obama years, when me and Isaac mm -hmm. was in our um, voting age. Mm. Right, right. Um, yeah. My first president that I voted for. Um, I, I graduated high school in 2006. No, yeah, 2006. And then mm -hmm. I was in college when Obama, Obama came into power. And I voted for Obama, by the way. So, um, so perhaps there's some parallel with the Obama years cultivating in the election of Donald Trump. During the Obama presidency, American progressive became pacified, trading economic arguments for cultural dissatisfaction, forsaking the idea of the, the New Deal for an emotional... The New Deal is, by the way, guys, it's... Um, what's his name? Uh, freaking Roosevelt in the 1930s. The New FDR. Deal. FDR for an emotional and ideological clamp upon the unconscious forces of racism and sexism. Mm. There was a pervasive sense that history had ended, that a centrist Democrat could potentially rule the West forever. And the sh that shadows of racism, sexism, and hate speech would finally be chased out of public society after the victory of Hillary Clinton, a female president. I have no idea why they fucking brought that up, by the way. So, um, I know female. Why. So why do you think they brought it up? But like, you know what I think it is? Like, I think it's kind of sexist in a way because if Isaac, if you ever seen my, and Isaac go at it, mm. you know damn well that I will bite him. Okay. Hi oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> mentally. Not, <laughs> we haven't even met in person, so not not physically. Why do you, why did you say mentally? You don't know me. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, unless you're like hiding in a, in a bush around here somewhere. I don't know. Uh, mentally. Mentally. Okay. Me, me, yeah. Well, and hey, uh, <laughs> uh, the mental bites are probably worse than the physical bites because physical what? bites. I'm not saying you're. Okay. I'm not saying you're like a weak person or anything, but physical bites you can just like throw some dirt on it, maybe a band aid, and but the mental ones they can like get down on that mind and and like rearrange you know your complexes. Well. You know damn well I cannot get to you, by the way. Isaac is very strong mentally because of the fact oh, that Oh, hmm. I, I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> say that. I I just, uh, I'm just better at not letting it, um, because okay, conflicts are like a, are like a, what's the word? So, something like, okay. I think of conflicts now as like uh, martial arts. And- um, He thinks about martial arts like Bruce Lee. Okay. <laughs> Hey, you know, I listen to Alan Watts a lot, just like you, okay? And he talks about Moramiti, Moramutu, Mushis, whatever. You had to flow like water. No, not, I wasn't even thinking of Bruce Lee. I was <laughs> thinking of uh, the, the the guy who wrote the Book of Five Rings. And he's, oh, yeah. look, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story, okay? Quick little okay. story is that he, this is like a famous story of Moramito Musashi, the mm -hmm. like most famous samurai of all time. And he said, uh, and he, you know, samurais, they like dress a certain way and they have a, mm -hmm. their swords with them. And so this is a true story that he was on this boat, you know, going around Japan or, or whatever. And there was this drunken samurai that met him there randomly. And he said, oh, like, you're a samurai. I will fight you. And yeah. and so. Why, why, you make, why you make it the Japanese sound like they're Spaniards? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just bad at voices, but I'm, I'm practicing. Uh, 
So he said, excuse me, sir, I'm a drunk samurai and I would like to fight you. Anyway, so, but he says, what school are you from? Mm. To to Musashi. And Musashi says, I'm from the school of no swords. Mm. And the drunken samurai says, I don't know the school of no swords. And he says, well, I can teach you about it, but we'd have to duel. And the drunken samurai says, well, let's duel. He says, well, we can't duel here on this ship because we could, uh, you know, get kicked off and we could hurt people and do damage here on this ship. There's not even very much room. Uh, let's, uh, I don't know, I guess the ship was traveling slow or, or whatever. But he said, let's just uh, go to that little island over there. We'll get off on this little uh, rowboat, lifeboat, whatever. And we'll mm-hmm. go over there and we'll duel out there on the, on the island. And then we'll figure out what happens after that. We'll have a duel to the death. And so the uh, the drunken samurai gets on the little boat and Musashi pushes, pushes off the little boat. And he says, this is your lesson from the school of no swords. Mm. And everyone laughs as he <laughs> drifts away. And yeah. that's the end of the, the battle. So pretty much it just he pushed him off the boat. Well, I mean, he was fine. He was on the little boat, but he couldn't keep up with the big boat. But the point is, is that he avoided the fight. And you've usually got to avoid fights. So same thing with conflict in regular life is the the moral of the story is that if you can avoid making it worse, then that's probably better. But that doesn't mean that the person – that doesn't mean that, like, you didn't – Like a female, like – Well, no, it doesn't mean – that. what I'm saying is it doesn't mean that, like – you like so if somebody hurts you or or whatever mm-hmm. that's fine to be hurt or whatever but if you give them that if you give into it like oh no you're a stupid libtard or whatever the mm-hmm. case that you're fighting about then nobody wins but if you can walk away from it then oftentimes people will become the better for it instead of stupid people that got in a silly mm. fight or whatever. So yeah. that's kind of the moral of the story. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so which is, and we can sort of tie that to our um, thing we're talking about here. Yeah. Which, which is how much that we give into the sort of darkness or shadow or toxicity of the time. Uh, but uh, what we were getting at with uh, the, at Hillary this particular co- yeah. moment yeah. was was why Hillary was a big deal, and the, but the the thing is, this is my big problem with with politics now. Mm-hmm. If you look at the history of politics, and maybe it's just because I'm like a couple years older or whatever. In You're the, not that old. I'm not that old, but I, I'm I'm old, I'm old enough to have witnessed this transition that I'm about to present. The transition was. In the uh, ni- the 20th century, up until like 10, 15-ish years ago, uh, the conservative party, GOPs, Republicans, whatever, they were moralistic about it, but it was in so doing as like, give us our, you know, religious freedoms and uh, like moralizing yeah. through through freedom but what yeah. happened in the transition at some point like through the obama years or something well actually what what i think what happened that was strange about it is that um it happened like 
in my like adult lifetime, a little bit during right. Clinton, and then uh, and then even more during uh, George W. Bush, where they started to be these like moralizing people, and then mm, yeah. same thing with like especially Obama, because it was like, oh, if you ever even question anything about Obama, then you're obviously a racist. Right. And then the whole thing with Hillary was like, oh, we had all this hope that a woman could win. And because of like, oh, it just means so much if like woman, 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 woman and all this stuff. Right. There's like the the same thing with our potentially possible next president where it's like, obviously, he said he's planning to resign after a few weeks. And then uh, we've got to deal. I don't know how. President Harris. That's going to come into power. Yeah. And then the whole thing is. We doubly can't say anything against her because she's like a minority and a female and we, all that. So anyway, the whole thing is politicians trying to be moral authorities where politicians should not be moral authorities. Politicians should d- deal with politics, which is limiting the government and following the Constitution. And that's that's about it. I mean, sure, there could be some moralness in there when it comes to maybe – certain things that they think they need to do, like regulating to keep businesses from killing people, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But to, to like be this moral authority of like, uh, we need to look to our politicians for like being racist or sexist or not, or being misogynist or not. And the reality is if we have a president or a Senator or anybody else, and they're doing good at their holding up the constitution, but they aren't a moral authority. You know what that makes them? A human that's doing their job mm-hmm. compared to these fake little like virtue signalers of it's it's like a new form of mixing church and state is the way that I look mm. at it. Except now so you're talking about like a new a new religion that was born after. Yeah. Well, because it's especially now that like even though maybe a lot of people, most people, especially even in politics, they'll identify as. Uh, I believe in God or I'm a Christian or whatever, but they're not really uh, practicing those beliefs. They're more of like these love and light people, like was talked about a little bit at the beginning of this article, the sort of this mm-hmm. like new age spiritual, but not religious thing. Yeah. Um, but then the, so then how that gets into politics, like the whole thing that this nation was founded on is that we want to have churches do the the moral stuff. And right. it can be any kind of church, even if it's like Church of Satan wants to say, "Oh, I know, I know where you're going. I know you're going at." But yeah, the, but then the yeah. but then the 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 politicians have to do the political stuff that has nothing to do with morality, unless it's embedded in the Constitution already, which is mm. you know life, liberty, and property originally. Yeah. yeah. So and because because what that does is it actually gives a higher moral authority that transcends it because then it puts the moral authority on the individual person. Yeah. Rather than like this king of the of the free world to dictate what is, uh, and then th- and this is where the shadow gets in because then we put we project onto Trump or Obama or potentially a female leader or whoever like right they they are the ideal or the shadow comes in where it's like they are uh, the devil or. What happens with this sort of Trumpian shadow that's talked about in this piece is that they're like bad people project moral authority on Trump because what they do is like all the racists and all the um, misogynists and and xenophobics and uh, deplorables are all about Trump, 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 where it's like 
I don't care if they are whatever, as long as it doesn't violate the Constitution, whoever votes for whoever, cool. It's not like that's not to say that like being a Nazi is cool, but per the Constitution, the government is just supposed to do government stuff like right. maintain the borders and I, I guess the roads and whatever else that is the government and leave morality to the individuals and other independent organizations. Right. And so uh, basically like when, you, you're, when you're reading this article, when, when hmm. during the time uh, in 2016 when everything was starting to explode, well, it's starting to kind of, you know, like the right hmm. and the left, they were starting to rumble. Um, hmm. The I, I felt like people were like looking for Hillary Clinton, like yeah. just like a, a, like a mother figure in a way yeah, because yeah, yeah. of the fact that they were just like, you know, when mommy comes into power, racist and sexism mm. and xenophobia is going to disappear. You know, it's, <laughs> that's not that's not how it works. But um, yeah. the, the the article did a very good job. Um, uh, he connected Young. So he mm. said uh, Young would not would not have been surprised by what fall yeah. in the philosophical tree. He wrote feeling the conscious mind with ideal conceptions is a characteristics of Western theosophy. I think that's, that's how you pronounce it. Theosophy. Mm-hmm. But not the confrontation with the shadow and the world of darkness. One does not become enlightened by imagining figures of light, mm-hmm. but by making the darkness conscious. So that was that's pretty much ties to what Isaac is saying as well. So the article continues, American progressives believe that through a respectable politics, the psychology of hatred, just like you said, Isaac, could be repressed through a combination of censorship and social pressure. Yep. They imagined that the march of progress was so in- inevitable that by shaming and denying the power of our worst mm-hmm. impulses, we could create a paradise. But the ghosts of theosophy still haunt, haunt our politics. It seemed today that the branches of Jewish Kabbalah, Tree of Seravat, I think I pronounced that correctly, answering to a cosmetic balance between mercy and severity. Uh, let me see. Yeah. It has an, I think it says, as Valentin Tumberg wrote in his mis- mi- mystical magnum ops, Meditation of the Tarot, um, has been ignored in favor of mercy alone, compassion, empathy, and tolerance, all bundled into a package of political correctness. These yeah. forces alone will squash the shadow, our lower nature, and save us. Such was the promise of contemporary political correctness, but Jung would have suggested that the political correct are ignoring the very real severity in their own nature. And yep. he said, everyone carries a shadow, and the last it is embodied in the individual's conscious life. The blacker and denser it is, if it's repressed and isolated from consciousness, it never gets corrected. And Jung was not talking about black people, by the way, okay? Let's, get, mm. let's not get all PC and shit. But that's what he was talking about. Like, if you conceal... Because let's let's face it, mm. like all the leftists that we have come across, mm. uh, we're okay. We're not <clears throat> we're not statistician or we're not mathematicians or anything like that. But majority of the people that have come across that are like Biden and Harris. I'm not saying Biden and Harris people are all bad because I have friends who are Biden and Harris supporter. But let's face it, your side is just as disgusting, just as brutish, and just as immature as the other side. You know what I mean? And they think that they're it's like um <clears throat> it's how I see it is and and and, and you can jump in mm. is that it's like their own like separate religion. Like they have yeah. the feminists, they worship the female, right? right? And oh, then yeah. you have the the uh, black activists, they worship um what right. quote unquote and, and this is this is what I see they write, okay? They 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 worship being black or their blackness. And then you have 
the whites and their whiteness or Asianness. You see the Asian crowd too. Mm. Like it's like they're broke into like the little well, kind of institutionalized what, religion. Uh, this this intersectionality that has become their new um, dogma or ideology. That and this okay. This is um, another issue I might try to get into. It's kind of trying to clarify the um, uh, this Jordan Peterson stuff. Not right away, but maybe sometime in the next. You listen to Jordan months. Peterson. You're a sexist. Oh my god, I'm such a sexist Marxist, or I don't know what I, what I would be. Uh, uh, a, a fascist. Yeah, I have to be a fascist. You're, if I listen you're to like a sexist Peterson. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much how you guys sound like if you are uh, actually yeah. <laughs> No, but okay, the the thing with uh the the whole Peterson thing is he plays a tricky game that and that he gets caught on, which is the what the whole postmodernist neo-marxism thing. And that's probably where he gets the most criticism and some of it you could right. say validly so. But I I think it's Early on in his sort of like debating, you can even he- hear in his uh, Kathy Newman thing, and this is why I put it on my uh, episode zero and things like that, is because they talked about how sometimes he compared left-wing activists to uh, Chairman Mao of... Yeah, I yeah. think that's where he made the mistake, yeah. No, actually, I think that's where he was right, because... That's more accurate. You're, you're talking about you're talking about like Maoism. Okay, Maoism. Yeah, okay, yeah. I see what you're yeah. Well, no, but it's because that's more accurate than postmodernist neo-Marxist. Because right. what happened was, uh, and this is again why I put this on my episode zero of this reading from Mao's book on contradiction, where he also quoted uh, Lenin. So Lenin, who was took his stuff directly from Marx, but he brought in intersectionality as this stuff of power, although it, it didn't really become a thing of intersectionality so much at that time. It was more just about uh, economic stuff at that point. Like class class struggle. Yeah. Class yeah. Yeah. And so then that went from Lenin, who, but he was already talking about every kind of power. And then Mao and... So, I mean, Mao fell only when he died in the 70s. And that's really when these other philosophers maybe sort of picked it up. And then it kind of like and, – and also to the point of this article, they – well, this is one area where I think they, they got this wrong a bit is that they were like, okay, the uh, – certain people were like one way in the 60s, like with like all this like love and, uh, and whatever, uh, taking Carl Jung's um, – uh, philosophies and just applying it to new ageism, but in like a whole like uh, love and light way. And then they went into the stock market or whatever. And I think that's wrong because there were, there were like two different groups of people. So like the love and light hippies or whatever, they either became drug addicts and died or whatever, or if they survived all that and didn't go into like communes or cults or anything, they got jobs at the universities Mm. The the ones who went and infiltrated Wall Street and everything, like Gordon Geckos and, and all that, those weren't the hippies. Those were the people who were going to the universities before the universities were co-opted by the hippies and the communists and the 
neo-Marxist, as Jordan Peterson might say. Although, really, I think what's more accurate is to say like neo-Leninist or neo. Uh, it's not even neo. It's like exactly the way that Lenin and Mao talk about it in their books. So that's sort of the the thing to clarify is that Lenin and Mao were always making this thing about power and anything that puts somebody in power makes them a um, oppressor, even if like it's being born white or you know being born cisgender, the, those kind of things nowadays. Right, uh, it's like a sin being white. Well, right. So it's like yeah. the it's like the new um, evil, and so to the point of how to handle a shadow, the the whole thing with building up a shadow and making a shadow worse and worse, like, and you can see this throughout all of history, whether mm-hmm. it's in, in any known history, the way you build it up is basically through um, through war. Like the, the reason that you had Hitler is because of World War One. Like if you listen to Jordan Peterson talk about Hitler, you, you know that. But if you hear, hear anybody talk about Hitler, you, you know that. That that Hitler or uh, Germany was basically wiped out through the, a horrible loss in World War One, and they were just yeah like, they got their, yeah they got their asses kicked. And I did talk about this with the um, uh, Mahatma Gandhi letter yeah. to Adolf Hitler, where I broke down what happened in World War Two. But go ahead. Well, and so that happened at the same time as uh, they were going through other issues in Germany, including their economic issues, that um, what happened then is they they had basically their life sucked, right? Just like right now the whole yeah, world, yeah, the whole yeah, world yeah. can say our life sucks. Yeah, and, and they were say, humiliated. Yeah, they were they they were embarrassed. Right. So like right yeah. now in 2020 20, when we want to be like our life sucks like it would be good if it was like when this covid stuff first started back in like march april there was some like compassion like come together let's help each other kind of thing but then after we figured out that uh you know it's it's not the end of the world then shadow starts coming out because yeah it's not the end of our, the world but the world that's here kind of sucks right now or at least compared to the previous year so uh, let's start breaking shit and blaming people. So right. same thing with the the shadow of World War II or leading up to it, where basically they wanted somebody to blame and most of their landlords or a lot of yeah. them were Jews and and the you know Jewish people were yeah. uh, running their... They were their, target. And they, yeah. they were running their banking system or you know they had these loans going on and all this stuff. And so basically they became that uh, receptacle for the projection of the shadow. And that's something important to understand about the shadow. The shadow comes from the person who's like offended by it. So there mm, are, so there yeah. are like real, um, I don't know, evil people in the world. But the, the interesting thing is like, okay, let's say uh, the third Reich and, and Hitler are evil, for example. Cool. Mm-hmm. We can agree on that. But what makes them, um, what made them increasingly evil and even what made like that whole thing go back and forth to like, where is that nuclear explosion is like literally what brought world war two to its, its conclusion years later was the back and forth of like, no, you're evil. No, the Jews are evil. No, the Germans are evil. No, it's the dirty right. Americans. No, it's the, this and that where the answer is 
it's it's part of it's like what we talked about last time with uh, the polarity. The answer is coming together, which is kind of what we're getting a little bit better at in the modern world, mostly because w- wars aren't fought anymore through you know bullets and missiles so much unless you're in nashville but <laughs> that's another story bullets <laughs> uh, or wars are now now fought through uh information canceling war canceling. Uh, and the um economic war yep that Trading that kind of wars. stuff yeah 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 so but um, so but to put a bow on that basically it's you make a shadow worse by constantly projecting and blaming some other person, even if maybe they did do something wrong. Right. So it's just like if you and I had a fight, for example, mm-hmm. you could say like, hey, Which you're we st- did, by the way. All right. <laughs> so, for example, you could say, hey, you're a stupid, annoying person. And I could say, well, no, you're a stupid, annoying person. And then what was originally just like I was maybe being silly, stupid, annoying, having a, a bad mood, whatever. Mm-hmm was just that and and that could have been it and then, I de- and then i decoded the wrong way so so basically me and isaac our relationship is like have you guys ever seen the meme where uh hey you know fuck you hey tony <laughs> fuck that's pretty much me and isaac our relationship we just uh, yell at each other across the room and that's what we do but continue well, on isaac. Once, <laughs> once in a while but but the, the point is is that i uh i we could at some point you have to stop making it worse uh by kind of like walking away even if you have to for a week or two and then at some point you can put it back together or come back to the middle and negotiate so same Mm -hmm. thing with uh countries and our divided nation right now you can make it worse and worse and worse by being like it's the libtards fault no it's the uh conservative uh, deplorables fault and then i'll just make both sides shadows worse and worse and worse until there's explosions of people dying and all this other stuff Exactly. Exactly. So, and um, so th- it, the article will pretty much point out Isaac's um, point and it, it, it continues. It is no mistake that the locker room talk and telling it like it is was pitted against the false false high horse of when they go low, we go high. Just like you said. Yep. Donald Trump embodied the subconscious truth that the world is more shadow than light. That severity is more. Oh, no, I think I read that already. Sorry. No, no, I didn't. Uh, mm-hmm. Those who advocate the censorship or hate speech online or in the public sphere are fully willing to accept severe authoritarianism in the name of mercy and open yeah. contradiction. Conservatives, particularly in the intellectual tradition of Alexander Solzhenitsyn and other anti-communists, believe that the, the angelic heights of humankind are forever tried to their immutable and hellish depths. Every inch of striving towards a perfect world is met with an inch of striving toward absolute hell. This is the idea proposed by Jung, who said, The fact is that if one tries beyond one's capacity to be perfect, the shadow descends into hell and becomes the devil. Just like you said, Isaac, mm. where it's like a, a kind of like a battle um, mm. between ideas. Right. This has consequential implication of the, for the political world. If we strive to be a utopian and erase all forms of inequality, sweep away all profanity, heal the wounds of racism, and take ourselves of the, off the cross of sin, our own lesser nature will double back against us and refuse motions every step of the way. Yep. And this way, the utopian unknowingly dicks his own grave. This was r- certainly yep. during the case with communism through the 20th century. But this uh, fallibility of human perfection continue, continues seamlessly forever. So that's pretty much the, the, the point that you're making. It's like a, mm-hmm. a, a battle of 
between, you know, like the Nazi was like, you know, the Nazi, the natural socialism, we have the idea to humanity. Oh, no, the communists, the Stalinists, we have the idea. Yeah, it's kind of like a -a whack-a-mole game, you know, the game where like a a mole jumps up and you got to like smash it and another one uh, jumps up. It's it's like that until – and that's what we've done for uh, known history. In fact, this is the closest thing to like – world peace that we've had in human history is what we have right now. Although again, it's kind of that way, but it's kind of just because, you know, it's like I quote uh, or talk about, you've all know Harari's book a lot where he talks about um, capitalism being the most successful of modern religions. And Mm. we can get into that another time, but basically uh, the, you know, capitalist creed of, I don't, I remember how he put it, but you know, capital is the supreme authority and and wealth um what that does is that makes it so that we we are making these choices based on economic principles so and that's why for a long time it was understood that okay we need to like go into war and lie about weapons of mass destruction or right. even if they didn't necessarily lie it was like uh, we want to believe in ma- weapons of mass destruction because we make a lot of money by going into war. But now we've gotten yes, to another point yes. where it's like makes less economic sense to, you know, run, <laughs> run around and go to war, which is kind of funny because now on the way out by Donald Trump or maybe on the way into his second term, we'll see, um, he is getting all these potential peace awards and, or at least peace deals signed and everything which he should get some credit for that. But at the same time, it's all, also a lot of the things that usually happen like that, especially these are, it's and it's not like, oh, Obama needs to have credit. No, it's just the, the nature of the time. The time is that people just, you know, they don't want to be shelling missiles at each other constantly. Some people mm. do and there's some, but it's just the nature of the times is now that they're like, it's just not a time where we're going to like drive around with tanks and missiles. And if there is any war, <laughs> it's either like, yeah. like I said, economic, cyber or drone strikes. Uh, but before what we would do is, like I said, whack-a-mole, like, oh, we're going to destroy you. No, you're going to we're going to destroy you. No, we're going to destroy you. And what that does is it just builds up hate on both sides more and more and more until there's nuclear explosions. And that's what we're, we're going through now. And the other thing that happens on top of that that I think people need to um, learn more about and it's something I, I don't know, I've been talking about a little bit more as I've been getting deeper into this Jungian stuff is what makes shadow actually is these things that we're talking about and the things in the article, but it's also uh, complexes. And so mm. complexes are like, well, they're what kind of like go on top of the uh, – the true archetype. So like a true archetype mm. would be like, mm-hmm. okay, there's a universal archetype that's like the mother and father archetype and that has its healthy natural way to be. And then there's like the the true archetypes of our consciousness like uh, shadow and ego and persona and uh, the self and, and the Jungian terms. And the, those have a healthy way to be. But what happens that brings about abnormality and dis and the shadow and things is there gets to be these uh, not universal, but more personalized or with a group complex. And so that happens even 
uh, like somebody has a bad uh, just father complex or mother complex, and then they project that out onto Daddy bigger and big. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, that's on an individual level, but eventually, yeah. and I think what's going on a lot in the sort of modern world is a lot of the modern world is having daddy issues. And so then they, and they're having mommy issues just because of how that the recent generations have been, you know, falling apart in the homes. And so then they project that out onto the whole group of, you know, we need, and what, what that is that has to do with a longing for K or that battle between chaos and order or who's going to bring the order. Is it going to be the group mama or the group daddy, which is exactly Mm -hmm. what goes on when we're talking about people like Trump versus people like, you know, love and light Biden, or I'll tell you whatever you want to hear Biden, Harris, whoever, you know, it's, it's like this group complex of a mother or a father. Mm hmm. And it, it it's it made a good transition, by the way. Yes. And so it said in this essay titled uh, "Feminism and the Problem of Super mm. Toxic Masculinity," yeah. political scientist Justin Murphy makes an unconventional unconventional argument in current in encouraging men to be passive, polite, and non-offensive through social pressure. Most men would conform to that feminist standard right. out of a genuine unwillingness to be abrasive or do harm. But a small number of men who cannot be shamed in a world mm. filled with men who refuse to check them, who refuse to check them, will begin to dominate and rise through social hierarchies due to the simple fact that nobody knows how to stop those few men who embody the intolerable shadow that the masses have pressed away. Murphy writes, the problem is that when the baseline of masculine dominance expression is held below its organic tendency, defined simply as what men would do in the absence of cultural campaign to defang it, this increased the potential payoff to those who dare to exercise it, mm-hmm. as there are more resources to dominate precisely to the degree that other men are not contesting them. This is why Trump dominated the 2016 debates. Mm-hmm. By the way, if you guys ever have a chance to watch that, make sure because Trump was just beating everybody yeah. in that one. So, oh, and so one one can clearly see this during the 2016 Republican primaries. Jeb Bush was far closer to the feminist male oh, yeah. ideal than Donald Trump ever was. Bush was a tepid, meek, and asked for polite apologies. Trump refused to apologize, ruling him and bulldoze him. So pretty much that's pretty much what they, they talk about where it's more like the Jeb was just like, Sorry, he was. Oh, oh, so we have a series called Rick and Morty, and that's pretty yeah. much where <laughs> he, he was being a Jerry. Together. He's being a Jerry. That's pretty much the term that we use in the Rick and Morty crowd. He was being yeah. a Jerry. Jerry. Jerry Smith is your typical fucking cut male, right? Yeah, he does everything yeah. for Beth. He's like, oh, Beth is the masculine kind of female, and so she dominates him. Well, so that's pretty the, much- and the the thing with a a person like that or that type of character it's not just like i'm gonna do things for the woman that i love and here's this like uh chivalrous gesture of uh my love baby it's like tell me what you want me to do tell me what you want me to do i'll do whatever you want me to do and you know the 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 other person doesn't always just want to like have a slave on a leash to tell what to do uh so yeah, yeah. That, that's another Rick and Morty episode we might get into. As <laughs> I, I think I think we're going to be doing the one where we talk about masculinity, but then we're going to be talking about Jerry Smith in particular. And so yeah, we're or, other, well, know. actually, the 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 one that they did on that, they're like intergalactic uh, mytho characters or whatever. Yeah, with their intergalactic um, 
what do you call it? Marriage counseling. Yeah. Uh, it does have a lot to do with the, what it was like each other's shadows and each other's anima animus projections and things like that. So that yeah. one will actually be really interesting for this kind of, um, this kind of talk. Yeah. So it, it's just like, a, it, it, it talks about like, a, a, you have to remember that Donald Trump was born mm. in the 1930s. Yeah. Okay. He, he wasn't born in the 80s or anything like that. Would mean Isaac was, we were taught to be special. We're special. Well, I mean, that, that's why, yeah. like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Sanders is kind of the same way. You know, he, Bernie Sanders. How old is Bernie Sanders anyway? Like, fucking 1800s? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, he's, he's like, I don't think he's, he's like 80. 80 something. No, he's I, don't, 80, I, don't, I, think, I don't know if he's, anyway, he, he's, he's, yeah. he's old and he's from New York. And so he's, he's, extreme left wing or whatever but he's like a no nonsense like screw you we need to like do this politic thing get to the fucking point yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so he's not the beta male even if he's extreme left yeah you can be you can be a leftist and not be a fucking pussy by yeah. the way if that makes sense because look at this way mm. so i come across a, a group of people called the third positionists if you guys don't know what the third position is, is let me explain. The third position. Yeah, what sex position is it? <laughs> the third position people are national communists. Oh, they do the more than communists. They do yes. more. That's, is that what? So, what sex position is the communist position? There's <laughs> the missionary so like, position and the communist the, position. Okay, go ahead. So, 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 like the third positions is pretty much the they don't like communism and oh. they don't like capitalism. Like okay, no, 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 no. Let, let me take. And they that don't back like ahead. the missionary position. <laughs> so like the Marxists, they don't like Marxism. They don't like capitalism. So pretty much everything that they do is for the state, by the state. It's like fascist, but not like not fascist. Does that make sense? Sort of. So yeah, so they're like they're like in between the two, mm. and uh, they're coming. They're starting to look kind of, you know, um, good, mm. I guess, because with people like us, we're like. Tired of the, the well, you know, you, you mentioned them when we talked a couple know, times, but a couple times. But the, the thing is, is that it's kind of stupid because that's yeah. already what we are. We are for forever, for really since the dawn of democracy, it's always been different forms of a mix of what you might call socialism or democratic socialism or communism or something like that. And a mix of something more like democracy and freedom and what we have that's supposed to be in our own constitution. It's always been a mix of that. So mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of silly to be like, hey, guys, we have this new idea. It's called the third position. It's like, no, you're just rebranding what we've been doing for. It's It's um, been around for uh, uh, um, in Romania. I think it was Ceausescu was a national communist. I think so. Yeah. And he was executed with his wife on TV. Mm. So on TV. But um <clears throat> that's that's pretty much what they're trying to do. They're they're trying to mix everything together into two. Mm. Um and uh, I, I, I don't know the answer to it, mm. but I hope that this article will kind of open yeah. it because and it, it says that, you know, the victory mm. of Donald Trump was another story about who mm. we really are. And yeah. um so it's but how do we confront the brute within our own souls? This mm. is where we the election of Donald Trump suggests that denying and bullying away our sins will only cause mm -hmm. them to multiply. Um, Hillary Clinton's disastrous campaign was encapsulated in a di disastrous slogan. 
America is already great. This cry for the internal <laughs> now, a permanent extension of the bloodless elite sensibilities of the Democratic Party, with all its entitlement to the votes of minorities and the poor, invoked a kind of rebellion in people. It emerged on the left in the figure of Bernie Sanders. For all his faults, he projected an understanding of pain of the working people and advocated policies designed to regenerate America's social safety net. When he vanished from the race, uh, there was only one person left who spoke of American society and consequently the American soul as deeply rotten as it was, and it wasn't Hillary Clinton. From his comments about the violence in America's inner cities to the hell of Chicago, his infamous history of sexual assault and lust, the belittling of his opponents, and his overall severe demeanor, Donald Trump was a far more authentic representation of the human spirit than the sanitized public relations sensibilities that drove Hillary Clinton to defeat. Casting him as the brute did not work. We already know the world is brutal. And Clinton has herself been implicated in American history of racial oppression for the 1994 Clinton crime bill, which exacerbated the crisis of one in four black children born in 1990, growing up with a a parent in prison, uh, in prison to her State Department advocating to cut the Haitian minimum wage down to 31 cents an hour. Uh, Clinton was hit hard from the left on both issues with no more high grounds to stand on. All we had was Polish corruption uh, starting brazen rebellion in the face. Better to rule in hell than to serve in heaven, cried the rest belt, belt, belt as it betrayed the Democrats who felt entitled to their votes and joined the ranks of the deplorable. Who are in the eyes of the yeah? Who are in the eyes of the elite liberal America were were nothing more than a ranks of the dam. Mm. So yeah, that's what we <sighs> see so far, and it, it's just like when he got elected. It's just like they, it's like just like I always say to my shadows, like that gooey stuff came out. I mean, during like the whole Donald Trump um, phase. I don't know about you, Isaac, if you feel the same way that I do, but. I felt like my shadow was, was, and we all have a shadow within us. We all have a female, mm. a, a male within all of us. But my shadow erupted out as well. And and yeah, you guys have to remember that my son was born in 2015. This is when during uh, during Donald Trump was um, running for for president during that period of time. And like, uh, I became more. I never had anger issues. I never had like any of that stuff, and I you you know this Isaac, but after he was born, I think with everything that was going around me, I think it's because the fact that I, I maybe because I was a shitty person as is, but it made me uh, recognize and respect my opposites hmm. a little bit more. You know what I mean? Like you know, like the story that I said about my, my dad, hmm. uh, I was judging him, right? right but right. at the same time, I could be fucking radicalized too. Yeah, I mean that's the exact thing that builds up a shadow is to mm-hmm. keep projecting and say, no, I'm. Because what you're doing as you project out on someone else, whether it's your actual father or a father figure in culture, a president or someone else in wherever, it's like the more you can be like, that person's so evil, that person's so bad, that person's so bad. What it's doing is it's isolating and protecting your ego from realizing that it is itself bad because it builds you up. The more you can like tear someone down, especially if they're an authority person – then the more you have inflated your own ego and that's not like anyone special for doing that. This is what we've been doing for forever. Um, Mm -hmm. Let me read a short paragraph from uh, Robert Greene's laws of human nature on the shadow. The solution is not more repression and correctness. We can never alter human nature through enforced niceness. The pitchfork doesn't work. 
nor is the solution to seek release up for a shadow in the group, which is volatile and dangerous. Instead, the answer is to see our shadow in action and become more self-aware. It is hard to project onto others our own secret impulses or over-idealize some cause. Once we have made aware of the uh, mechanism operating within us, through such self-knowledge, we can find a way to integrate the dark side into our consciousness productively and create creativity creatively uh, for, uh, for more on the see next chapter doing so we become more authentic and compassionate exploiting to the maximum our creative energies in uh, naturally in the process. So um, that's kind of what we've been saying for a few minutes that, if you try to project it on others and force it out, it will always make it worse. Like people need to be like, like that little message that we've been talking about needs to be like what everybody is talking about is like, Hey, and like, that's why every time it comes up in like my Facebook group or anything, I'm like, Hey, you're just projecting. Hey, that's just like shadow or complex or whatever. And which what that does too, it's kind of like that ninja samurai move or whatever, just to avoid the, because if somebody like attacks me or whoever, then I can be like, Oh no, you're stupid. No, you're a libtard. No, you're whatever. And then it just makes it worse and worse and worse. But if you isolate if you isolate the issue, that's like, what are we really talking about? Oh, look here, here, this is a little psychological projection going on. So, okay, let's not do that. Let's do this and see if we can solve the issue. Then it just, it like exercises the demon really. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is and, really and what's guys, going on. Otherwise, it's uh, if you guys have, yeah. go if you guys have have a chance, uh, the daily archetype. He did had a reverend, or oh, not reverend, oh, yeah. sorry, somebody <laughs> who somebody who did. He does. He does. Ex- uh, I think he's like that's what he does, right? Did mm. you 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 double check? Well, anyways, that mm. episode's really good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Make sure you don't listen to it by yourself because oh, some weird <laughs> shit will happen to you. By the way, so I'm just mm. I'm not lying. By the way, so I listened to it before bed and I had nightmares. Oh, okay, but very good episode. It's one of my episode on the daily archetype. So, but the thing is, is that. Isaac and I are not perfect. Mm. We're not. We're, we we are just regular people just like you. Mm. And if you guys have a chance to check out um, uh, the podcast that Joe Rogan did with, with Dr. Peterson when he first mm. started, where he talks about the monster. Yeah, yeah. He said, release that monster. Now, Peterson is not necessarily telling you to let it all out. Mm. What he's trying to do is is to for you to recognize that – you are capable of blood, thirsty, right. violence. Your own evil, and then you can release it in healthy ways, which is through right. you can release it out through creativity, just like through mm-hmm. your work or art projects or hobbies, or mm-hmm. just by that, yeah. And so much of it just changes by purely the fact that, like your life, your the way that you look, the way that everything just changes just by that one simple fact of a person saying to themselves, I, cause normally people just try to hide it and deny it. They say, I am capable of any and all evil. And they, everybody right. knows this, but they want to deny it. Yeah. 
But the more they can say, I am capable of any and all evil. I'm capable of murdering people and eating people. I'm capable of raping people and and kicking puppies and punching babies. I'm capable of all of that. Just, Just by the pure fact that you're a human being. Every single one of you listeners, every single one of me, my family, Boone, everybody, we're all capable of that. Now, Mm -hmm. as soon as you admit that, rather than saying it's other people, you've done most of the job right there. Exactly. And I I honestly believe that's why a lot of people did not like Peterson. Right, because they they told him they told him that that truth, and then what happens then is they have those complexes in themselves, and those complexes that want to survive because they have their own autonomous sort of consciousness. They're like personalities and demons in a way, not necessarily literally demons, but they will like, sometimes when you see people like going at somebody like Peterson or whatever, it's, it's like an ideological, uh, or Trump, by the way, Trump, Trump. yeah, anybody like that. It's like, because you know, it's, they have no idea what these guys believe or think or have any, any idea about them in their real lives. And, but they're just focusing on like this hurts my ideology and most of all though it hurts that fact that they've dis- that they've defended so much their whole life that that mm-hmm. them every single person is capable of total evil and every single person is like their mom is capable of it their grandma their yep. uh Every single human being. Who knows? Being. Your grandma was probably a Nazi. Could have been. I mean, I don't think mine was, but uh, <laughs> we'll actually, I, I made a I made a post on that. <laughs> not, not a Nazi, but uh, maybe I could tell that story real quick. Uh, <laughs> no, but I had a uh, an experience the last couple of years when I was trying to like sort myself out that I realized my, you know, like my grandma used to just like talk, 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 talk to me sometimes when I would just be like hanging out with her, helping her clean her house, whatever. <clears throat> and, uh, wow. She, she would tell me how, uh, and it was weird cause she was, was just this kind of person, you know, like her husband, my grandfather died a couple years earlier. And so she just had to like talk and talk and talk. She's, like, she's that kind of extroverted person. Yeah. She needed somebody to talk to. And she would say some weird stuff sometimes for like a seven, eight, nine, ten year old kid to hear like that. And she's like talking about serving in World War II. And I think I'm, I might have mentioned part of this to you one time, but how that like in World War II, her job was this when like film, you know, filming things was first becoming a, a thing. And so the. Right government was oh my god was your grandma was a porno star no that's for another podcast we might get into that of who (laughs) nobody knows who my uh my oldest aunt aunt's father was but it's not from porno it's like it could have been that father could have been the uh (laughs) the the engineer of the golden gate bridge or it could have been robert stack the original host of unsolved mysteries yep Anyway, she lived out in Hollywood, and she was a little bit like, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> but that's that's another you're story. About, you're, are you talking about your you're talking about your nana or your auntie? Uh, my 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 grandma was like um, oh. had her fun after World War II, but during World War II, she was telling me how that she would um, uh, make these. Her main job was to be ma- making these films and like quality checking them and everything with these films that where like the original uh, World War II docu- documented films of like, we got to see what's going on. And so they would have, and th- this is back when people had barely ever done that before, barely ever um, 
you know, used, you know, movies were still new and people just barely had TVs. They mostly had radio at that time. So she would, she told me these stories sometimes how that she would have, you know, drinks with these guys like soldiers one night and then, and be laughing with them, dancing, whatever. And then the few days later they're gone and she sees them like washed up, you know, dead bodies in these films. And she's like crying, but I just didn't, I was like, whatever. Didn't get it when I'm like an eight year old or whatever, but she's like, right. And I didn't want to hate them. And so basically she's like saying that she, she, that, which is one really interesting thing. As much as we talk about how racist our past is towards uh, black people, mm-hmm. at least for those decades, two or three ish decades after World War II, there was overt racism towards uh, Asian people, especially Japanese. And like in right. the media, like, hey, Japanese are horrible kind of stuff. Like on, you know, Bugs Bunny's famous for it and everything of like denigrating uh, Asian people purely because of that, that the things that went on. And actually that was like a whole shadowed thing where it's like, they made us drop the Hiroshima bomb and all mm, these things that we felt, yeah. felt a lot of guilt for and that we still feel to this day. And that we then went out later and like helped build up Japan, you know, through the, at least the eighties where they were, one of the strongest economies in the world or maybe nineties. Um, anyway, so it was, it was interesting how that my grandma, like probably had this, um, racism toward Asians, but mm. understanding why not that that justifies it, but that, um, it's for, there's a root. Yeah, there's to, roots. To, and, and yeah. that there is this, um, there's this uh, regret with it for, you know, decades later or several decades later telling her grandkids, mm-hmm. like crying about it, how that, like she didn't want to hate, but she did because she would see those as those who killed her friends, you know? And then, mm, and then I see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then my, my other grandparents on my, my dad's side, uh, I didn't hear so many stories, but I know that they dealt with it in different ways because they uh, made a big deal of sponsoring certain um uh like asian families that would come to america for a long time Mm. so that was like a thing that was going on and so and so it's like um we as a nation have always been dealing with this in different ways and Suppressing it's not going to be like right, political right, right. It's not going to solve it. Yeah, right. It's going to just make the, it come the, out. The, and the, the only way to deal with it is to be able to have to talk about it, honest conversation, yeah, honest conversations, and bring it up and not just the uh, projection and, and forcing. Like it's not even like an advanced uh, psychology thing. Like sometimes we have fun talking about it. It's just that you know. If you just constantly go back and forth with the the war of no, you're a worse person, no, you're a worse person, no, you're racist, no, you're a libtard, whatever, it just gets worse and worse and worse until there's a nuclear bomb, Hiroshima. Exactly, a lot of people get like stuck in the middle of it. So, mm. to, to 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 finish the article mm. off, um, I had to like skip a couple, but it's pretty much what we talked about, anyways. Um, Alexander continued. He said, uh, "We do not live in the best of all possible worlds." 
there are monsters each in, inside each of us. The, those monsters must be made coherent and given their place or they will consume us. What is the place of a monster? That, in many ways, is the purpose of life, to understand and tame the hell within you. But when we deny its power and seek to chain and ignore it, the monster only turns against us. When we claim we are good, it takes the throne and tells us we know nothing. We must, we, we have much work to do. <laughs> so that's a, <clears throat> it, 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 it makes you think. And mm. um, we're not calling you a bad person for hating Trump or anything like that, mm. but I'm just tired of seeing these people like you, you 2020 election the left won on that aspect i mean of course isaac's gonna say you fucking cheater but with me i i, I don't i don't necessarily won. know that they cheated i just want to know to what degree that that was well, done yeah, to what degree yeah yeah so so um seeing like uh, my friend diana diana black she's a writer mm. i'm gonna be uh i'm trying to get her on mm. she wrote to her progressive friends she's yeah. like you know you guys won why are you guys so fucking miserable? Yeah. And basically Trump was just a, a temporary scapegoat scapegoat yeah. to all your fucking problems. You're miserable. Yeah. And you're a, probably a miserable prick before this all started. You know what I mean? So I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode mm, uh, with me yes. and Isaac talking about this. And, um, you know, this is what I say mm. on the Far Wisdom podcast. Come to foul. Mm. Go to the daily archetype. Go go into the archive. Engage in the conversation. Yes, about yourself and be honest with yourself. And I always make the joke that uh, come to our podcast, listen to us tame our inner yes. dragon bitch. So that's us. Come right? on our podcast so and engage <laughs> the conversation. Start your own podcast, YouTube channel. Do something or, yeah, or do something your, creative. Tame your, tame your inner slut dragon mm. bitch. <laughs> so. the, so really, the, well, the, so so Isaac, so Isaac, before we go, um, where can people find your information? I mean, of course, I link it all down below, but um, where can they find the you? easiest way now? Is channel. I just have dailyarchetype.com, so that, that has everything up there. There's not much to it right now, but at least has all the information, and I'll be adding more to that. But just go to dailyarchetype.com, one word, and then that'll have the social media and some blogs and podcasts and all that stuff. So make sure you guys uh, kind of, you know, understand where we're coming from. We're not pointing fingers at you. We're not we're not playing the, the what Alan Watts say, holier than mm. art thou attitude. That's not where we're coming from. We are, me and Isaac have a big heart. Okay, we're squishy yeah. and we're lovable. Okay, but uh, we're, we're just asking you just to realize that. Um, yeah, we try to stop playing the more. Yeah, we try to transcend yeah, it if we can and, and to not even necessarily take a side other than the side of like, uh, like principles, like and we make fun of you. Yeah. By the way, we're not being we're being honest. Yeah. We're being and honest. <laughs> you know what's a? Uh, I know we're wrapping it up, but what's a, a thing I might want to get into in the next uh, few weeks or months is the 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 whole debate of what's going on in the Star Wars universe is actually really interesting on these same topics. Not that I was ever a huge Star mm -hmm. Wars nerd, but it's like the, it's turning this whole huge. Um, woke war of kathleen kennedy or whatever trying to take it too far not just to be like woke feminism and that's fine but to like denigrate male and masculinities and uh project that onto luke skywalker just because he was the hero before and then they have to like tear down the that character and now other guys uh john favreau and dave filoni are trying to bring back what she tried to ruin and so there's that whole conflict going on in the star wars universe 
similar actually to what's going on in our politics right now. So, which mm-hmm. is just kind of this interesting thing where it's just like, these are uh, psychological uh, projections, manifestations, amplifications of just what we are. So that's yep. all. We just all love yep. each other and we wanted to like do better at that. So, yeah, mm. I mean, but in, in, in the loving, me. you have to also yeah. acknowledge the dark side. There's good. And I don't, I don't know if I want to call that exactly. tough love, but it's like, um, Re- realistic we're, we're not we're, we're yeah we're not telling you to go beat up each other and get into like a fight or anything mm. like that which i probably probably get mma because i really want to bash people <laughs> yeah, if you could do it I in a safe to. way like in the ring with some gloves on or whatever that that's cool yeah that. yeah i would i would just love to just just you know like a fucking fight yeah, club i wish like i wish we people. were the same size yeah. so we could like <laughs> uh isaac and I, isaac and i are not the same size yeah. by the way he's like six foot thousand what <laughs> i'm just barely over six feet tall but i am probably yeah no, you're, i think it's like you're like six two i believe right no, six two like six one six yeah. one so i'm like five feet so i probably be up to like his belly mm. and he probably can like fuck me up but the <laughs> thing is i always kind of i always push him though like it, like isaac is like my elephant and i'm like the mouse and i just like to fuck with him mm. you know I mean? test, test really the limits exactly and that's what you guys need yeah. to do is test the limits and like i said we're not telling you to troll we're not telling you to bully or anything like that but you guys have to realize that you you hating trump is pretty much a just a reflection i think that's what you said a projection right of you so we're gonna sign yes. off uh and isaac you can sign off and then i sign off if you have a sign oh, off uh you still don't have a sign off stay <laughs> archetypal don't be afraid of ghosts it might just be a projection <laughs> or no why well, is that that's, yeah. that's very enthusiastic right. man <laughs> and don't be afraid so of really ghosts until you get to know them but do your sign off so i really so i really hope you guys enjoyed this conversation and to remember to not only stay far out, but tame that inner dragon bitch. Yeah. Bye-bye. Right.